Hey everybody, welcome to Ask Me Anything. My name is Matt Love. I'm here with Pastor J.D. Greer. And uh, J.D., we want to talk today about a few hot topics. Okay, so this is Ask Me Anything. We, we get into this pretty consistently, but today we have some maybe even controversial topics, um, specifically about the use of pronouns. So we have a great question from a listener about if we should use our pronouns when asked. And I think the context was uh, she was maybe getting called into her boss's office um, for not placing her pronouns on her name tag. Um, and so not, not saying like J.D. Greer and then underneath that he, him. Yeah, like, on, on her work name tag. Um, and she so she was refusing to do that to the point where her work was kind of becoming a hostile place for her. Um, what what should we do in situations like that? Is, is that a situation where we just we face reprimand at work? We get passed up for promotions for not going with current culture, possibly be labeled as hostile by other families in our community when we don't participate with using pronouns and just where do we draw the line? And and I know this is actually a topic we've addressed before on the podcast. We've we've actually had some questions about that episode we did a few years ago. Pronoun kind of hospitality, pronoun hospitality yeah, yeah. and all of that. Um, and so as this continues to be a big question, we just felt like this was a good time to come yeah, back and yeah. revisit it. Um and and actually come back and revisit another another question that that we've uh something we've gotten some questions about, but uh I'll, I'll leave that for a little bit later in the podcast. Ooh, so. a, a teaser. Yes. So they were putting the anything in the yeah, yeah exactly right exactly right uh, well let me actually matt appreciate you you bring that up and i appreciate um uh, this uh, the listener that asked this question that's a my heart goes out to her i mean that's a hard a difficult situation to be in let me actually reverse the order of it just because okay. um, since we are talking you, you talk about pronoun hospitality that concept and and i can't remember what podcast how long ago it was but we did yeah, we, we, yeah, we spent yeah. some time on it you know I, I addressed this a few years ago and we got a lot of questions about it and so i, I actually feel like it's good to bring it back up again um both to continue the conversation because it is such a, an issue, and and also to clarify, um, I want to clarify some things that um, that I said, some things that have been passed around um, since that podcast. Partly because the conversation in our culture has it, it's shifted, it's evolved. I mean, this is a rapidly changing thing, and and all the questions are are shifting, and and the issue has become a lot more prominent, um, even over the last year year and a half. Um, also, I'll just you know be candid as I've wrestled with this. I mean, we, we kind of work our theology out as we are, are, are with others and uh, through dialogue with friends and dialogue with critics. Some of my own thinking on this has crystallized and I would say in, in some ways matured or, you know, e evolved is that you're just wrestling. What does it mean to be faithful um, and, and, and the callings that God has given us to be both truth bearers and missionaries at the same time? Maybe that's a good place to start. Um, this, there are several dynamics at play, I think, when we think about a question like this. Um, should we use somebody else's pronouns? when they um, they ask. W one of those is truth. Our job as witnesses to stand uncompromisingly in the truth, to rebuke our our society, to stand against um, untruth and, and, and darkness. Um, the other thing are the relational aspects of just knowing somebody, walking with them, maintaining a relationship with them. And we're not just called to defend truth. We're called to win people. So, you know, if somebody has transitioned, if Tommy, you know, now wants to go by Tara and wants to be called she, her instead of of, of, of he, him, should you consent to that and go along with it? Um, you know, let me actually use a phrase I first heard from Andrew Walker, um, cause I really like this framing. Um, the answer to that question begins and ends with no. And the reason I say that is because I think as believers, we have to be crystal clear in the truth. 
So the answer begins and ends with no, that we should not use someone's preferred pronouns when we know that Tommy is a male because that's how God created him. I did make this point in the previous Ask yeah. Me Anything. I, I talked about the, the the necessity of being crystal clear on truth, but um, I think I should have been clear. And so I want to I want to do that now. I want to really emphasize that there can be no ambiguity in our testimony to the world. This is not ambiguous in scripture. It's not unclear. And our calling as disciples, as I alluded to a minute ago, is to rebuke the works of darkness and to stand before Herod uh, in our day and say, this is what you're doing with with marriage or in our day, gender issues, that is, it is against what God has said. This is not a negotiable. I mean, first Corinthians six, nine makes that clear that, that, that people who embrace gender confusion and celebrate it and go along with that, that, I mean, it says they will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I don't know how that could get any clearer. Um, Romans one, Paul tells us that, that um, pursuing this kind of lifestyle, not only brings the wrath of God, it's evidence of the wrath of God. God gave people up over to this kind of stuff to not recognize and submit to the gender that God wrote into your cell structure at birth. Paul says in Romans one, that is a rebellion against the creator of the highest order. I know there's a lot of brokenness. I know there's a lot of, you know, dysphoria. I, I understand that for some people, there's a, there's a lot of complexity in this, but I think we, we, we have to be honest about that, what the Bible says about it. And we got to be clear after that has been made clear. Well, some of these other relational dynamics kick in. Um, in the previous Ask Me Anything, I was hypothesizing about a situation where I'm sitting in my office right here where you and I are right now, Matt, and, and I'm with a dad and his transgender child as they come to me for clarity on what the Bible teaches. So I make clear to them what the Bible teaches. But if in the course of conversation, in order to keep that conversation moving along, I, I, I use the child's self-referential pronoun as I talk with um, and about them just to keep them in the conversation. I don't think if someone chose to do that, that that would represent a capitulation or a compromise of truth. Um, if on the front end and back end, they've been clear, but, but that should never be done in a way that implies acceptance or affirmation, not even for a second. The easiest thing, honestly, in this, because, you know, I, I don't want to even normalize the way they're thinking of themselves. The easiest way is, um, is, is just to use their name. Um, even if it's awkward, uh, instead of saying she, which, uh, Tommy, who's now Tara would want me to say to, to call him her, I would just say, anytime I came to a, a time where I'd use a pronoun, I'd just use Tara. Not she thinks that, but Tara thinks that. Again, that's a little wooden and awkward. It doesn't sound normal in English, but um, I don't want to say this sensitively, uh, but that awkwardness is really on them because they created the situation. And I can show respect for them while not affirming something that I know to be false. Again, Matt, what we're trying to do is, is we're trying to balance two things. One, clearly testifying to the truth. And then number two, doing our best to keep the, uh, the person in relationship in order to keep things moving, to, to be able to really engage this issue at the heart level where it has to be engaged. That, you know, these, these kinds of things are not one logically. Um, the truth is, is important, but they're, they're not just head problems. We've got to have the heart, and that requires us to be in relationship with somebody, and we're trying to, to balance that to stay in relationship with them. So um, let me add a third to that. I, I said we're balancing two, you know, testifying the truth, staying in relationship. The, th- the third one is to fight the battle at the right location. Hmm. This being clear and truthful about gender, that's a battle we have to fight no matter how unpopular it is in our day. But that doesn't mean that I fire shots or draw battle lines in every other sentence. 
you know, when I'm trying to get the conversation focused on what we need to get focused on. So we got to balance all three of those. Our goal is to engage the issue in a way that engages the heart and to speak truthfully about God's design without apology. So that's why I say the answer to the question, is it okay to use a person's preferred pronouns? It begins and ends with no. And however we choose to conduct ourselves in the conversation on the front end and the final in our final word to them, we got to be clear on what the Bible says about gender. Yeah, that that that's helpful kind of context, I guess, for the conversation in general and 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 clarifying kind of some of what you said in the past. The I would like to kind of press it on that specific question that the listener asked, too, which is maybe a different angle. Um, But but what about when you're asked to use your pronouns or Mm. or kind of operate in on that level, even if you're you know, I'm Matt and he, him and all (laughs) that, you know, it's not, I'm not saying something about myself that's false, but I am kind, I would be kind of operating on the quote unquote cultures, you know, field of play. Yeah. That's, that's another tough one. (laughs) Um, but, but different dynamics are at play here. I think, you know, know, on the one hand saying my pronouns are he and him and his, that's a true statement. I'm not telling a lie. I'm not affirming a lie, but what obviously, um, is being done here is there's an attempt to normalize the idea that pronouns are a choice. And for me to, to, to clarify what my pronouns are, I'm, I'm normalizing the question. And we believe that that's not even a valid question. And so when I point out my pronouns, in one way is I'm making a true statement, but another way I'm, I'm normalizing a question that should not be normalized in our culture um, because we believe that the pronouns you have are what God wrote into your cell structure when you were born. Um, so for that reason, I would resist. I would resist giving my pronouns wherever I could because I don't want to normalize the gender confusion um, or affirm that this is a legitimate question. If a job, like in this, uh, our listener asked, if a job requires it or the government requires it one day on our ID, um, should we refuse that even if it means losing our job or going to jail? Um, I'm not sure I'd want to give one answer that would just be applicable at all times and all places. I think you'd have to discern what is best for witness mm. and, and, and truth and your calling to be somewhere. Bottom line, you should never tell or endorse a lie. But if it's you know required on an ID by the government or uh, your boss, um, you, you know basically you're affirming an obvious truth that is that's just superfluous and unnecessary. It, it might be that staying in that setting is part of what allows somebody to be in a relationship with people, so that it would allow them to be the witness to unbelievers about the whole truth. For that reason, I just I want to be careful about giving a blanket proclamation for every situation. Um, we're, we're going to learn a lot about this in, in, in the coming years. But in a situation where we're we're, to, we're just talking about being pressured to go along with society, to affirm society, whether we're talking name tags or Twitter profiles or email signatures, just because everybody else is doing it, I, I would say this is a place where we can be distinct and different, and I would resist that wherever I could. All right, so one final thing, and I teased this earlier, but while we're kind of talking about things that you've said in the past and while we're really leaning into the anything part of Ask Me Anything, um, this is ask me about anything I've said previously. Exactly, exactly. Uh, we've got a number of questions about a sermon you preached a few years ago. I think it was the Roman series, and you used the word whispers mm-hmm. in relation to how the Bible speaks about homosexuality. So can you explain what was happening in that statement, and would you still say that today? Would I still say today 
that God whispers about yeah. homosexuality. Yeah. Well, okay, here's the context. And by the way, the short answer is no, if you're, okay. and, I, and let me explain why. Um, in, a, in a message on Romans 1, 24 through 32, uh, it was called How the Fall Affects Us All. It was, uh, I think, January of 2019 here at the Summit Church. I said that in comparison to how Jesus talks about the sins of religious pride and greed, it's as if God whispers about sexual sin while he screams about pride and greed. It was a it was a comparison by analogy. Last year, because we'd gotten some questions about it and because on social media had been clipped and passed around, um, lifted a little bit out of context, um, I addressed it in a blog post but um, and basically gave the answer that I'm going to give now. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. clear that a more direct explanation um, for in this case is appropriate, given the understandable concern that my words cause, especially when when looked at in, in, in isolation there. Um, like I said at the very beginning, I regret the word choice. Um, it was it, it was it was a rather clumsy way of making the point. The point I was trying to make that Jesus um, seemed to save his loudest thunder for religious hypocrites. That point is one that I stand by. But in the end, the language that I used to make that point, uh, I think in this case, probably obscured more than it illuminated. And I know that as a communicator, I bear the responsibility to speak clearly. Uh, I mean, in a soundbite world, you can't ever, you know, say things whatever, you know, that can't be misconstrued. But, but scripture says that we teachers receive a stricter judgment. And it's in the book of James, and I take that very seriously. In my case, um, in this case, my words confused some on a very vital topic, which which desperately needs clarity today. At no point, uh, just to make this crystal clear, at no point was I trying to imply that sexual ethics are muted in Scripture or um, that Scripture is unclear about them, uh, that they're less important, or that we should not speak clearly and boldly about them, or that we should be embarrassed by them. And while and so so whisper to each other about what the Bible says about it. that's not what I was trying to say. Um, I do seek to build bridges where I can, but I don't believe that we should ever undermine the Bible's teaching in order to do so. Um, I was speaking directly and specifically in that context on Romans one. I was speaking to the members of the Summit Church, highlighting a problem that I believe is pervasive in congregations like ours, and that is we we treat gospel ministry as it was if it was primarily a culture war. Hmm. And, and, and we try to establish our moral superiority over the outside world and, and speak condescendingly about the sins of others while overlooking the, the sins at work in our own hearts. Yeah. Jesus seemed to save most of his thunder for the religious people. It's not that he was unclear about the wickedness of sexual sin, but look at Matthew 23, for example, a passage where, I mean, when you read those seven woes, those woes in, in Matthew 23, you can feel the intensity of anger pouring through Jesus's every word as he pronounces those terrible woes. That's about hypocrisy and greed among religious people. When Jesus pulled out a whip to cleanse something, it wasn't at a brothel or a gay bar, but it was it was at a religious marketplace. Hmm. Failures in communication are almost always the fault of the communicator. That's a burden that I and every other pastor in America carries into the pulpit each weekend. And so for any confusion that my wording may have caused or for anybody who believes I, I muddled what the Bible uh, makes clear, I, I do sincerely apologize. In that message, uh, as well as and many other messages on either side of that one. I've been clear about the seriousness of sexual sin, and I will continue to to do that every time it arises in, in the passage I'm teaching. If you're curious in the, the context of the sermon, most people, when they ask the question, when they get the broader context of the sermon, most of them say, oh, okay, well, I, 
I get it. Yeah, I wouldn't use the word whispers, but you know, this is. Yeah, I get the point. So we'll link to that the fuller context of the message in the show notes, and and you can take a listen. That's great. And yeah, JD, I, I, I appreciate you being willing to answer answer the question and help people that are genuinely trying to understand this issue and these issues think about it well. And we know there's a lot of people that are asking very genuine questions. So yeah. um, we're glad we get to clarify those things. And if you want more, if you're just like, man, give me some more JD thoughts, JD stuff, jdgreer.com. So much stuff, theological stuff, devotional stuff. All the other Ask Me Anythings. If you, if you remember a question that you liked but you forgot the answer already, go back and listen to another one, jdgreer.com, and we will see you next time on Ask Me Anything.